show me your news. And now, coming through your speakers and into your ears, it's the gaming podcast that you all know and love. It's show me your news. Welcome to Show Me Your News, the pinnacle for delivering and debating the gaming news that matters the most to you. Revealed gossip, hardware blunders, or upcoming releases, if it relates to video games, we want to talk about it. I am Yoko, and I have to write at least a dozen pages this weekend on Uncharted 2 for a final paper. Oh, it's going to be rough. Ugh. Uh, I'm super, and if you can't tell already, I'm a little stuffed up. Got a cold. Yikes. Well, Tony would have been here... Uh, this is 11 a.m. in the morning because, oh, with you know work and everything, our schedules are getting crazy. You have to find strange times to record. And Tony being awake in the mornings, oh, he, he thought he could do that. We, he couldn't. We, we miss you, Tony. <laughs> anyway, our top stories today for episode 124 of the podcast on Saturday, December 7th, 2012. Spike VGAs were last night. Um, interesting show. We'll talk about what it premiered and if it's getting any better. There is a big gaming rumor out there for each of the three big first parties. And Smash is involved, so of course we have to talk about it. Uh, Gaming is at the Grammys, and they had a score nominated. We'll tell you which one, if it's got a chance to win, and what it means to have gaming at the Grammys. The Hilarity of the Week involves a a release... A console that is aged a little bit by now, and it's region exclusive, and it's just strange. It's got a nice color. There you go. That's about it. And we'll get your thoughts on it. Don't I get an intro? I cover the outline before I give you an intro. We do out recently. We got Story Pool Soapbox Thought. But anyway, let's, let's introduce our guest for the week, because Tony wasn't here. Gotta call on a good friend, and that would be Solid Snake 120. What's up, guys? And really, it's rather apt to have him on the show. It is apropos, I think, because <sighs> we'll be talking, ab- talking about some Metal Gear very Maybe. soon. Maybe Metal Gear. Hopefully Metal Gear. I hope Metal Gear, indeed. Um, We'll start talking about the Spike VGAs, though. They were last night, and you know we have our own Game of the Year award show that we'll talk a little bit about at the end of the show. But Spike has done this for you know, the last 10 years or so, I guess. And so they made a big yep. deal. It was their 10th show, and Samuel L. Jackson was hosting. For the fourth time. For the fourth time, yes. They brought you know little cameo appearances from past hosts, and they had special guests. And um, did you see it, either of you two? Yeah, um, I watched no. it. I, I saw a little bit... Um, after the fact, like the uh, South Park game and all that. Mm. Yep, I watched it. It was uh. it wasn't too bad. I mean, better than other years, and I have hope for them now. But yeah, well, I mean, what what did you think of? You know, were some of the high points and the low points? I, I feel like the low point because I'm going to jump in right here because it was like the only thought thing I saw was when they said, "And now here's the surviving cast to The Walking Dead." Now, people have been telling me to watch this show, oh. and I just watched three people walk out and like, oh, well, not going to get attached to anyone else. There's a lot of other survivors, don't worry. Well, Those... still. So. 
It was, gotta, yeah, that was silly. I agree. It was a bit of a faux pas. So, um, I'm I was hugely surprised by the Dark Souls two announcement. That totally came out of nowhere. And as a big Demon Souls, Dark Souls fan, I'm uh, pretty stoked about that. That was a big one. That's for sure. I I think they could have gotten. Uh, someone better on stage to introduce it than Jessica Alba, who, let's be honest, she is seeing better days in the looks department. Yeah. Uh, she also appeared to be a bit high, Jeez. in my opinion. Um, very spaced out. Be like, whoa, I could... We have this audience all day. You guys are awesome. Whoa. I played Super Mario Brothers and there was a turtle. That that turtle. Whoa. Oh, man. Whoa. <laughs> that was kind of... No, I absolutely agree, though. You know, the Dark Souls 2 did come out of nowhere. That's a bit odd. You What's have Demon Souls, and then you have Dark Souls, and then you have Dark Souls 2. Well, I think it's a different... You know, main character, a different director of the game, a uh, different area, so... So why not just grab a different Souls game? It's got to start with D, though. Uh, what would it be? Um, Dragon Souls. Danger Souls. <laughs> Danger. Danger Souls. Dangeresque Souls. <laughs> this time, it's not Dark Souls. Darks's Souls. Jeez. Darker Eyes Souls. There Darker you go. Soul. That would be a horribly difficult, scary place. Uh, that'd be Doba Souls. Uh, <laughs> Doba Souls. What is going on right now? Show um, me news game of the year. There you go. I mean, the other the other world premiere that. Well, see, here's the thing. They talked about you know having all these world premieres, right? And yeah, Dark Souls Two was surprising. That was a world premiere. Like you've you've seen uh, you know VGAs in the past. They had things like you know Metal Gear. Rising Revengeance, and um, I think was Tomb, Tomb Raider might have been revealed at the VGAs as well. Was it? Maybe. No, I, th- I think uh, Tomb Raider was revealed two years ago, E3. Maybe. Yes. Batman Arkham City, I believe, yes. was revealed there. That yes. was a VGAs game, yeah. So, I mean, they've, they've had you know significant world premiere reveals before, and they had another game that we'll talk to soon because that is a very interesting point of discussion. Um, but the rest of the, the quote-unquote world premieres felt like it almost cheapened it. It's, you know, new trailers, sure, and I guess there could be world premieres of the trailers, but yep. these were for games that we already knew at least something about. You had uh, South Park, The Stick of Truth. You had The Last of Us. You had... How's they, that looking, by the way? They, uh, really, really good. <laughs> Really good, uh, and also got a release date of May seventh. Oh yeah, I saw that. That 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 excites me. That'll be I'm cool. Just like, hey, I might actually spend money to rent a console just to play that game because that looked really good. Mm-hmm. Looks um, interesting for sure. They also really built out the world premiere of Assassin's Creed Three, uh, the tire of uh, the was it the tyranny of King Washington. Uh, too much hype for not that good of a trailer overall. And when we kind of already knew that it was an alternate history where Connor's going to have to take down George Washington, you had just like some camera rotations along a, a 3D model of George Washington, and that was about it. And some voiceover, okay. Yeah. But they really, they really, cheapened, they really cheapened the meaning of world premiere, I think, with some of these trailers. I, I agree. I think I can understand if 
like with Castlevania, it was the world premiere of gameplay, which sure. I can kind of understand because yeah, you've seen pre-rendered cutscenes, you've seen things like that, but to actually, it's the world premiere of the gameplay itself. I can understand calling that a world premiere, but with freaking Tomb Raider, we've seen the world premiere of three gameplay demos or something. Now mm-hmm. it's just like. But I was excited to see more footage. I'm I'm really looking forward to that game. And granted, I like that they were kind of giving some tribute to the different uh, composers that are working on that game. Mm-hmm. But to have the orchestra there playing over the trailer and devoting about a fourth to a third of the time focusing on the orchestra when like, no, no, we, we're looking for the game footage. This is your world premiere. And you're looking at the sexy violinist. Ooh, like... She was pretty hot, though. She, okay, I, I'm not denying that. but We're not here the, to discuss the, purpose, the hotness of the violinist. The purpose of the show is to show the game footage, and she's gyrating unnecessarily while playing. <laughs> um, and then they had, right, never okay. mind. I, I said that we are here to talk about the hot violinist. So Samuel sure. Jackson... <laughs> <laughs> Samuel L. Jackson hosting the show for the fourth time. Um, now, granted, a lot of these performances are, you know, written beforehand. They have writers for these things, so I can't put all the blame on Sam here. Um, the whole point of his performance and hosting was essentially boiled down to, yeah, everybody knows I'm awesome, and I'm gonna make the show awesome. Swearing. Um. Your Samuel L. Jackson sounds like you're from the Bronx in New York. Yeah. No. I'm black. Let's go straight. Cut us a flag. Uh, it was not a good hosting performance, nope. in my opinion. Um, they had all these Samuel L. Jackson mode cuts into games like Halo 4 and Angry Birds and Minecraft, which got stupid when they were talking, and one of them did Gangnam Style. And um, that did not go over well with me. I thought some of them, the Samuel Jackson modes were better than others. I thought the Walking Dead one was pretty funny, like where they actually put him in the game as opposed to the Halo 4 one where it's just a video of him in a hologram. Did you like the uh, Call of Duty Black Ops 2 one then, even though he looked like a woman at times when they showed his model in-game? I'm not a fan of Black Ops 2, period, so... I thought the callback to... um, Oh, the Quentin Tarantino movie, where he says, what again? Oh, uh, Pulp Fiction. Pulp Fiction. I thought that one in Dishonored was kind of funny. Yeah. Um, But yeah, I mean, they were hit or miss, but... Yeah. When they missed, they missed pretty big, in my opinion. They they did. They, They whiffed pretty hard. Um... Also, they give out a lot of awards, apparently, before the actual shows. And oh. it, it makes me think, why call it the Video Game Awards? And I know there, there's more, you know, VGAs. But then some people were saying, like, VGA Awards. And I think that's redundant uh, to yeah. say VGA yeah. Awards. Um, they must have shown only five, maybe six award you know, presentations and reveals during their award show, and it was two hours long. Okay. 45 minutes in, they had only shown one, and it was Best Shooter. Yay! Gamer stereotypes! 
We like Best to perpetuate shooter. those. You mean Black Ops 2? No. Guessing Borderlands 1. Borderlands, Borderlands 2 won Best Multiplayer and Best Shooter. That's strange. Usually they <laughs> Claptrap kinda... won Best Character. Well, you can't win them all, huh? <laughs> and the voice actor from Handsome Jack won Best uh, Performance by a Male Actor. Well, okay, there you go. Like, these would have been nice to see during, I don't know, their awards show. And yet we had bad performances by Linkin Park and Tenacious D that I personally did not care for. Um, Linkin Park, because that says gamers. Because <laughs> Medal of Honor Warfighter was such a good game. Mm. My, my point is, essentially, for a video game awards show, it was better than years past, I think. I'll give it that. But... It still did a lot of things not that well, and it still is kind of a blemish on the gaming population, in my opinion. Well, it, ma- it, it makes us look bad. Awards. The war, <laughs> a burged awards. The video game burged awards. There you go. There's the VGA awards. That, that's that's about right. Well, let's talk about the Phantom Pain. Which, this was, you know, after South Park, it was the first world premiere. And after seeing this, like, I had high hopes, like, maybe we'll be seeing a lot more of these, you know, new games. Like, oh, what is this? Nope. Um, you're watching it, and you kind of get the impression that it's like, ah, I can make a Metal Gear joke here. That a character with the, uh, the, the, the orange pack. The yeah. mullet. He has a mullet. Yeah. I have a mullet. Um, it turns out that this this trailer is kind of trippy in a lot of ways, just like asking a lot of questions, a lot of uncertainty from Moby Dick Studios. And you see things that they, they kind of flash by quickly. Um, a lot of strange... Like, this, this character is missing a left forearm and you replace, like, a hook for a hand. I'm like... I was almost thinking, like, is he going to go skylining, like, in Bioshock Infinite? Yeah. Something like that. Um, now, it turns out, like, this game is called The Phantom Pain. And we're just like, okay, I mean, it kind of looks interesting. But, I, you know, we got to move on to more stuff in the show. Turns out afterwards that the internet went to work. And they kind of uncovered some interesting things. Oh my that god, no gear. Oh my god, hotness. The, the title screen for the Phantom Pain at the end of the trailer had some strange lines coming off of it. And, you know, they, they weren't that many. So then NeoGAF goes in and tries to copy the, uh, the font set. And what do you know, it's displaced a little bit, but these lines match up when it says Metal Gear Solid V or five. Um, it's it's pretty remarkable to see that fit there. Not only that, some more interesting things that would suggest a Kojima trolling job. Uh, Moby Moby Dick Studios. That it's kind of a red flag there. You know, is this you know some new studio? I mean, what is this? The gameplay kind of looked very reminiscent to Fox Engine. First of all. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of the you know, crawling animations were the same when the character was doing so on the floor. Uh, really similar to the Ground Zeroes stuff. Um, 
the scar, if you also like look, there's like a screenshot where you can kind of see this character's face from the trailer, and they have a scar under their right eye that kind of matches the uh, concept art to Metal Gear Solid Ground Zeroes and you know, Big Boss there. Also in Ground Zeroes, you have the phrase of uh, from Fox comes to Phantoms. There's something heavy breathing on the microphone. I don't know what's going on there. Sorry. Uh, something akin to that, where it's you know from from Fox or Foxhound comes to Phantoms. The you know the phrasing might not be exactly right there, but that's kind of the idea. Oh, Phantoms, Phantom Pain, very interesting. Uh, apparently, the CEO of the Moby Dick Studios is one Joachim Mogren. Well, Joachim, J-O-A-K-I-M. It's an anagram for Kojima, for Hideo Kojima. Uh, Mogren has Ogre tucked into it, which, you know, Kojima had been talking about Project Ogre for a long time. And apparently, people also found out that Mogren is the name of a football club in Montenegro where Metal Gear Rising like begins or takes place. So that's kind of weird. The the website for the Moby Dick Studios, you know, very flimsy, recently established, uh, you know, created on November 19th ah. for their website and it's, you know, it's apparently it's a Swedish studio and um, you know, very sketchy stuff there that's, you know, trying to look like a cover-up in a way. Mm-hmm. But then you have things like, oh, there are people in the VIP section of the Konami party at the VGAs wearing Moby Dick Studios shirts. That's secret. Yeah. yeah what yeah. are they, Sega? <laughs> <laughs> a lot of things that the internet is starting to uncover that would suggest that this game, The Phantom Pain, is... Oh, there's there's sirens. That's awesome. Uh, heavily tied into the Metal Gear Solid franchise. It'll yeah. be interesting. I, I want to know how the giant magic whale and unicorn fits into the uh, yeah the whole thing. Phantoms. Well, I mean, I don't know, like the horse maybe is something about, you know, the boss's horse... Uh, there were things like, you know, the character was looking at up at the ceiling and saw a white petal and was trying to reach for it, kind of akin to the end of MGS3. You had someone in flames who was pretty akin to Volgan from MGS3, kind of like, you know, haunting flashbacks of, uh, you know, snakes or you know, naked snakes, big bosses, experiences. Um, it's also possible that this and Ground Zeroes could be the same thing, the same game. Uh, this, the possibility for a you know tanker, uh, big shell sort of thing where you have two separate games in a game in a way. Uh, maybe you know it starts with the uh, infiltration that we saw in the Ground Zeroes trailer, and then like something happens and we cut to Big Boss, you know, recovering in this hotel or hotel. What am I talking about? A oh, hospital. Dear. That word. Uh, I always, whenever I get shot, I go straight to the hotel. Yeah, yeah. The, the Marriott, you'll be a, a oh, yeah. reward member for how many times you get injured. Yep. Totally. Uh, there are a lot of things at work here, and of course, because this was only last night, you know, not even maybe you know twelve, fourteen hours ago that this happened. Um, the internet has been hard at work, and there is still more to be discovered. 
I mean, and there's the Mantis-like character that you see right at the end. I mean, call back to Psycho Mantis and whatnot as well. So, mm-hmm. and There's even like a little voice clip at the end of the trailer. I don't know if anyone's dug into that, but it seems pretty incoherent, and I wonder if that's hiding something. Yeah. <clears throat> Almost assuredly. I, I'm sure it has something. I think it'll be crazy, but it'll be interesting to see what exactly it all comes out of. I could see, like, Big Boss being, like, either drugged or unconscious, and this is, like, his dream. Because it keeps saying, wake up, things like that, and mm, Big true. Boss never lost his arm. That's right. So, yeah, he he didn't... Um, unless... No, he didn't. Yeah, I mean, it, it's very, very interesting. A lot of the stuff seemed very supernatural, but then again, you know, Metal Gear is kind of known for the strangeness of different enemies. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's something to keep an eye on, and, you know, I think Kojima did a very interesting job. And, it, you know, and it's not surprising, because, you know, the VGAs have done stuff with, you know, Metal Gear Rising before. Uh, so there is that kind of connection there. You know, Konami also has the Castlevania uh, connection with what you know they're they're showing and all, but that'll be very interesting. And you know, finally for the VGAs, uh, the game of the decade was revealed, and it was Half Life Two. Uh, you know, Gabe Newell and you know sixteen developers from Valve, you know, come out on stage. Uh, it's there is a thing on Reddit that was like you know nice guy Gabe, you know wins game of the year decade, you know comes on stage has someone else speak. Yeah. Interesting. I know my brother and I were watching, and we were saying, you know, because they had a uh, G-Man was talking on the st- on the uh, the video screen behind when they, you know, announced who won, and you know, the G-Man model looked better than it had in the original Half Life Two. And we're thinking, like, is this where they're gonna drop a bomb with Half Life Three? No, no, <laughs> <laughs> it, it can't be here. So no, they didn't. For that. They, they didn't, but uh. Uh, it was it was See, an interesting show. The only thing I could have think of, like, I was thinking that Gabe might have said, "Don't worry, there's more to come," or just Gabe might oh, have yeah. said something just in passing. But I was not surprised when nothing happened. <laughs> right, no, that's very true. You know, uh, we have another big headline to get into because this uh, made its rounds on DualPixels.com on November twenty ninth. And we'll post this in our show notes, so you can definitely check out the link, because there is a lot to read here. Uh, yeah. Yeah, basically. It, t- it took me a good 20 minutes to get through all this. So I don't think we'll be covering all of this, you know, just you know, certain things that uh, you know jump out at us. But basically, this the article says, Rumor, behind the scenes with first-party hardware and third-party software next-gen. Uh, there's this guy online named Gino... And he broke news about Castlevania and the Kingdom Hearts HD collection. And Dual Pixels has been holding out of this for about a month just to, you know, see if anything had changed. Uh, you know, they tweaked some spelling uh, errors and all that stuff. And, you know, this guy had has been proven right on some of these rumors before. So why not talk about it? You know, rumor-filled gossip is what we like to talk about on Show Me Your News. So yeah, it's that least- thing I said. Yeah, it's at least worth a mention uh, to see if you know it come back in, you know, from the future and see, hey, that was that was discussed there. Um, basically, they talk about you know Nintendo, Sony, and Microsoft and their different strategies. Uh, Nintendo, you know, to start, you know, basically, you know, saying that all three of them are going to have you know 
they're going to be moving fast on a lot of this, you know, next gen stuff in summer 2013, right before E3, uh, that they're trying to court all these, you know, game developers with their, you know, new systems and the new engines uh, for their other systems. Um, it says Nintendo is banking on the argument that the other two jumped too soon to upgrade, with only the top tier of the AAA studios, such as Infinity Ward, Crystal Dynamics, etc. Only having next-gen level technology, with most being stuck on very advanced Unreal Engine three level tech. And that's basically, you know, their only hope, I think, in a way. You know, some of these when when they makes a statement like it, it does make sense if you think about it with how the Wii U is designed and all that. Because I don't think you know a big hardware bump, they can really compete. Uh, you know, you know, long term uh, with Wii U, they're going to really rely on I think a lot of independent. Game developers, uh, you know, studios that will, will still rely on that Unreal Three engine tech, and who knows if like they've, you know, have something else in the car like a Wii U two or something like that. I think <clears throat> with the Wii U, I think what's going to be huge for them is the indie crowd with Absolutely. their partnership with Unity and everything. I think you're going to see a lot of brand new, really small developers releasing um, smaller games for the Wii U just because they have that partnership. Um, and I, I'm really looking forward to that part, but yeah, other than that I can't really see the Wii U competing much with the next <sighs> gen. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. yeah. I, I just don't see too much co- coming from the Wii U. I mean, I've played it, it looks nice, but there isn't a whole lot of power there. Not more well, Compared that. to, you know, what the next gen systems for Sony and Microsoft are going to you know bump up to. Right. And, but it's uh, it's kind of like the same thing that we saw before with the whole Wii being the underpowered system versus the Xbox 360 and the PS3. And while it did take off from there, the Wii U is a kind of a different piece entirely. Mm-hmm. So I think it's going to need to come off of the smaller studios and the somewhat larger studios that don't have the big technologies like the AAA studios. So I, I think, but you know, there's going to be things out there like. Uh, 343 Studios, they probably have the AAA games, but I think they might split off into two different separate games, especially if some rumors are to be believed. Mm-hmm. But uh, the biggest thing I want to look into is just what Retro Studios is going to be doing. Absolutely. I mean, this rumor talks about you know some of the first-party and third-party software, like maybe Devil's Third uh, might be a Wii U exclusive, and I'm trying to remember who that was. Devil, that was the... Uh, well, the guy who broke off from Ninja Theory was uh, his Ita- name? Itakaki or yeah, what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so that, that's oh, his, that's yeah. his uh, you know, project. That possibly that might be a Wii U exclusive. Uh, that for E3, they're, you know, the next 3D Mario game out by Holiday 2013, a Zelda for 3DS, a new Zelda adventure. Uh, Kirby Tilt and Tumble for Wii U and Pop-Up Panic for 3DS, with the you know, return of Tilt and Tumble, that is. Uh, Yoshi's Island game in HD, which supports some of the inner hackings of the Wii U that has you know, been done. Donkey Kong Land Returns for Nintendo 3DS. That's clever. A uh, Fatal Frame for Wii U. And the Retro Studio titles, which may or may not make Holiday 13, and two new IPs. Uh, the Retro Studios one is talking about a new Metroid game, which was not exactly what I had expected. Um, you know, Metroid was handled brilliantly by Retro Studios. But I would have expected Retro to, I don't know, help with another franchise to revitalize that. 
Uh, what did we you... all wanted a Retro Studio Star Fox. Yeah, but this is this is true. Um, what catches your eye with this retro project here, Super? Um, the big one is that this rumor calls it the Chozu. I'm almost certain that Chozo has always been one O at the end. Yeah, but uh, I do really like how it, how this rumor talks about delving into the mystery of the Chozo. And it, it says something about Santa's upbringing. And I'm like, I don't want to know about that. I want to know about the Chozo race and uh, how it's going to be more warrior-based, which is how I almost expected them, considering how those statues always tended to attack you. Mm. Or the Chozo spirits tended to attack you in uh, Metroid Prime. Yeah, they but, said uh, like a smaller team is going to be working on the Donkey Kong Land Returns game. Um, yeah, and that's not entirely surprising. Uh, because I think we're going to see a lot of assets from uh, Donkey Kong Country Returns move on to the 3DS. Mm-hmm. But yeah, this is actually ties into my original point. It's the uh, it's the first party hard hardware, first party kind of stuff that I expect for the Wii U that'd be really great. But it's the second party stuff that I'm really going to be interested in seeing. Mm-hmm. The Retro Studios, the Sora LTD, things yeah, like that. It's, it's really going to make a difference. Uh, also, things you know when you're talking about. Second party. It's not really necessary for Wii U, um, but you know, continuing things like you know, Game Freak, a mainline 3DS Pokemon game needs roughly two more years before it's released. Uh, use a full 3D engine. We'll have a story dealing with a worldwide crisis. New Pokemon type will be introduced. Has not been done since Gold and Silver. Uh, not as many Pokemon as in the past gens. Older Pokemon get new abilities and forms. We'll maximize the 3DS use of 3D Street Pass and online connectivity. Damn well better. Um, and the NFC game for Wii U would be a ne- first NFC game for Wii U. Wii U would be a next-gen Batrio game. That's Pokemon Batrio game coming out in all regions. It's been a Japan exclusive. Uh, that would be you know for worldwide release. Uh, interesting thoughts here. Um, I, I would not be opposed to seeing a 3D Pokemon game uh, on 3DS as long as it's it's done well. And I'll talk about that more in uh, my soapbox. Uh, yeah. you know, Scott, some of your thoughts here on Nintendo and these rumors. Um, I'm interested to see the Metroid. I'm kind of <clears throat> interested to see how they would link. Because um, supposedly the game would take place between Other M and Fusion. Mm-hmm. So I think that would be kind of interesting to see what Samus does. But I thought of a funny joke. Where do you keep the Chozo? The Chozu? Uh, 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 see what I did there? Uh, uh. Um, I hate you. <laughs> <laughs> um, for the mainline Pokemon game, uh, I'm not entirely surprised by the whole full 3D and everything. I hope they do something cool with the whole worldwide crisis. I'm hoping that means you can go to any of the different regions, which I think fantastic. would be amazing. Because mm-hmm. you haven't been able to go to different regions since Gold and Silver. And that was probably one of my favorite parts of Gold and Silver. So being able to pick where you start off would be awesome, things like that. So um, lots of interesting stuff there. Um, I think third party support will be the make or break for the Wii U. So it'll be really interesting to see just how it handles because it's so much more complex than the Wii and that's what really sold the Wii to the mass market is how simple it was to use. So Mm. without that grandma factor, it might be better for the game-wise just because we won't get party game after party game after party game. But at the same time... I think it'll hurt the Wii U 
in sales because you won't have that mass market appeal that anyone and everyone could just pick it up and play. So, especially with aging hardware. So. The Sony stuff here is also really interesting. Again, there's a lot here to read and, and think about. But talking about you know their Project Orbis, that it won't be PS4, and that they might be going towards the name Omni. Um, you know, PlayStation Omni would Big be... Big for their britches, aren't they? Yeah, yeah a little bit. Um, you know, would be very capable of doing modern-day graphics. Um, it wouldn't be like the biggest leap uh, as far as you know, graphics go and whatnot. But apparently, they would have the Omni Viewer, a thin, light, and slick head-mounted auto-stereo optic display that can track the user's head and present a 360 image view with semi-transparent AMOLED screens. This can turn any TV into a 3D TV, as well as add extra augmented reality information outside the TV screen. I can't even, I can't even picture that in my head. I, I can, okay. and it's I, it makes me scouter. pretty much is what we're looking at here. Is a Dragon Ball Z scouter, and that makes me think. You know how easy they broke those in the show? <laughs> crushing in their hand. Yeah, it just seems like this is a terrible idea. Like, at, at one point, it's like, oh, that's really cool. The other part of me is like, wow, I can't even keep my headset on my head, I, and I need this thing to latch onto me and hold different like little screens that I have to make sure. No, there's a loud noise, and I turn my head too quickly. I could lose that thing. Mm-hmm. This just seems like a really bad idea. And I mean, if they really latch it down, then I'm looking at something that, that's exceptionally uncomfortable for my head. Plans also to this virtual oh. boy. Yeah, the virtual, yeah, yeah, almost. <laughs> well, we'll see. It depends on how well they actually, you know, craft it. Uh, Says so it can sync with the Vita. New controllers, um, whether it's the dual it's moves or classical dual shock club, pulse sensors in the grips for biofeedback <laughs> gameplay. Oh, what's a uh, what's happening here with the vitality sensor? sensor. Yeah, <laughs> um, you know, pretty pricey. We're looking at uh, 160 gigs with just a system and controller at 350 to or 399. So in the high 300 range. And then one with the Omni Viewer in a packing game for four fifty to four ninety nine September twenty thirteen. Um, the also interesting thing is they're talking about the Omni Cloud, which is the new version of Gaikai. When you know Sony bought Gaikai for streaming, um, will not only cloud stream PS one, PS two, and select PS three games to PlayStation certified devices, but will also allow every digital and retail purchase to have access to a copy on the cloud. Basically, you buy one game, you can use it on any PlayStation device. Direct, hard, direct hardware backwards compatibility will also be available by a $70 to $99 dongle that is plugged into the Omni that contains a PS3 on a chip with cell-to-run games. Um, that would kind of solve the whole you know, PS3 you know, cell processing, being able to play those backwards compatibility stuff. But if they can manage you know, with the DRM and everything, that would be very exciting to kind of embrace all that you know, digital distribution. Right. And, you know, that's that's what gets me most excited and makes me think, I could buy an Omni. But honestly, this, this whole, the key is the Omni viewer, and I'm just like, the deal breaker is your key. <laughs> but at the same time, though, if they're planning on offering a bundle without it, it sounds like it wouldn't be mandatory. That's true. Like, it would right. just be like an added feature, kind of like a connect kind of thing, where it just adds to the experience, so... Uh, I don't. I, I don't know. We'll see how this comes along, and we'll see if this is actually, you know, 
real. Right, because of rumor and everything. Uh, known yeah. first-party games for the Omni, next-gen Uncharted, next-gen Siren, The Bodyguard, Wipeout Omni, Bump in the Night, Killzone 4, Grand Theft, or <laughs> Gran Turismo Prologue, next-gen Media Molecule, you know, the little big planet, uh, Mod Nation Races, etc., and Omni Fitness. Because... Which, honestly, Omni Fitness sounds like the thing that gives this the most credence to being true. That's true. Sony likes to borrow things that are successful, generally. Mm-hmm. Um, very, very interesting thoughts, especially if it September 2013? You're saying we're less than a year away from this. We'll see at E3. <laughs> it, that is if E3 isn't a huge, colossal disappointment. Uh, Microsoft, they're saying it's the most vague out of all of them. You know, four to six times more powerful than the Wii U and two to three times more powerful than Omni. So Microsoft would be really, really bumping up the power. Um, they're just stagger- selling PCs. <laughs> like a staggered launch of a soft launch in holiday November 2013 and then a full blowout in summer of 2014. All units will come with Connect 2 built in, which can track up to four people, all objects in the living room, clothing, face structure, and fingers. That's a hell of a bump from the first Connect, and mm-hmm. that is almost doubtful in my opinion. It doesn't sound doubtful because <clears throat> they had the face structure and finger technology in the original Connect, and then cut it for price before they launched it. I guess. So what we so what we what we got was this really toned down version from what they were trying to sell us mm-hmm. this entire time. So apparently Connect. I'm sorry. Yeah, uh, this time it just sounds like they're they're giving us the connect that is a couple more years down the line when technology is cheaper and I can actually do these things. Mm-hmm. Um, connect two might also be able to understand different voices and has its own PPU. Yeah, PP. I, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Some processing unit. See, it has a U. They're stealing from Nintendo. <laughs> oh man. Um, in 2014, Microsoft will introduce the Live Wall, an Omni projection unit. <laughs> Omni. <laughs> that... <laughs> Stealing from everyone! <laughs> <laughs> that will allow game environments to be projected nearly 360 degrees around the user. Using Connect 2, they will have, have two demos. Have you ever demor- read for- Fahrenheit 451? Uh, no. No? No. It's a big point in this, sir. People just have four TVs around them, so they're walled in at all sides <laughs> by just media. And that's what made this made me think of immediately. Yeah. Um, using Connect 2, there are two demos of one that is a Battlefield RTS and one that is a Kung Fu game with guys attacking all around. The live wall can also project different images on the wall, so people can play different games on different walls. Again, Fahrenheit 451. Microsoft is prepared to champion this unit as a cheaper and more effective alternative to wearing a goofy, stupid VR headset to combat Sony's OmniViewer, while Sony is going to point out the low resolution quality and lack of privacy. It's just those glasses. (laughs) They're even taking the freaking PR stunt. That's silly. Uh, System is going to be very expensive in the $499 range, $499 US dollars. So Microsoft is planning on using a remodeled Xbox Live uh, possibly renaming Xbox Life to operate a pro subscription two year two or three year contract to sell it to, uh, sell the unit at three hundred to three ninety nine. That actually kind of makes sense with what they're doing right now to kind of test the model. Uh, final goal is to or with the tech is to shrink the system on a chip 
down enough so it can be put into tablets, PCs, and smart TVs so that all devices are Xbox ready. There's that smart glass. Mm. You know, this kind of actually falls in line. Do you remember that Xbox document that leaked Mm -hmm. earlier with Connect 2 and trying to broadcast video on walls? Yeah. It kind of falls in line with that. Yeah. And that's a little scary. Yeah, and you know this is it's starting to line up a lot with the whole smart glass idea that they were presenting earlier. Mm-hmm. I told you it was cool. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still not too sure. <laughs> I liked the smart glass idea. I'm just like, well, that's kind of neat. And now they're doing this kind of Xbox ready devices with this big new system. I don't know. I don't know. Scott, what do you think about the projection on all the walls? Um. All I can think of is I sure hope I don't have a dog or anything valuable in that room <laughs> because I just picture my dog running and jumping at the walls trying to scratch at the four different things that's going on all around me. Oh, it's a kung fu thing. And they're attacking by all sides, including your dog. <laughs> yeah. Then again, that could be like a funny YouTube video. I can just see a dog in the middle of the Xbox Omni Vision or whatever just going crazy. Attacking ninjas. <laughs> He's winning. <clears throat> but, and, then, and then the Connect 2 is recognizing the dog. Yeah. And its own little extremities. Connect 2 now recognizes other species of animals. Yes. There's a cat, so it just doesn't do anything. Yeah. <laughs> we're, we're building up expectations that Microsoft cannot possibly match them. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think it's an interesting idea. I just honestly don't know <laughs> if we have the technology to pull it off. So if it if it reads a Pomeranian, does it load up Tokyo Jungle? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then it projects a Tyrannosaurus on the wall. Yes. They're stealing more stuff from Sony now. Now it's yes. a Tokyo Jungle. It's going to be like, we're going to just take it all. <laughs> you will be assimilated. Yeah. Now they have not mentioned if it's you know Durango or if you know Xbox Next is the name, whatever. The, the name hasn't really been mentioned, but apparently first party games that are known... Halo Trilogy Remake. I'd be down with that. Of course you would. Well, that'd be like, you know, they remake the whole first trilogy so that it's, you know, all in HD, all surrounding you. Maybe they'll sell you a gun, you know, peripheral that you can use with Kinect, too. Have you ever seen that replica sniper rifle? That thing is friggin' swank. I don't know. Sam Jackson got one from 343. Have you That's seen right. a replica sniper rifle made out of Legos? <laughs> I have. That's awesome. I want the Lego one. <laughs> I want the one that was held by Nathan Fillion. Uh, Chief Samurai by Rare, therefore it will probably be bad because it's rare. It's going to be Connect. That's that's not fair. I'm sorry. <laughs> Yo, mm, we got to think of what's going to happen with uh, Rise from Crisis. Not Crisis, Crytek. I am all over the place today. I am all over the place. Um, Also, Project Gotham Racing Connectables 2, because that's what we always wanted to have projected on the walls. And you can scan your dog in there and your cat and put them and have them play with the animals. No, they haven't promised any of that. Oh, here's Rise. Except it's spelled with an R-I-S-E, so it's Rise from Persona 4. Not really. That was a terrible joke. Yes, it was. <laughs> Carnival wah, Park wah, and wah. Fable 4. Because Fable could not stop at the journey, it would go to Fable 4. Mm. It's the journey to Fable 4. 
Uh, look, there's there's a whole bunch of other stuff with you know third party stuff we got to talk about. Do you, do you want to read this this paragraph here about Smash Super? I would. Namco Bandai is working with Sakurai to get a fully working demo at E3 for Smash Brothers. Sakurai really took to heart the complaints about the single-player game and the online game. <laughs> this just this, this just this just solves. So it, this just makes this entire article for me because like that is that that's what makes it true because it doesn't say anything about the core gameplay. I'm sure he did. I'm sure he did. He's solving this by making the single player very deep, this time done by the Tales series people, and is planning to have a network beta of the game for download the day of Nintendo's E3 show. This way they can beta test online for about one year before they ship the game. So you'll have Mario vs. Meta Knight for like, Eight months. <laughs> Who are you kidding? It's going to be Meta Knight versus Meta Knight. That's yes. Yeah. That's that's what it's going to be. Meta Knight versus Meta Knight. Look, unless he's bro- not broken. Would be great if it were true. Yeah, I just don't see this whole open beta on the network. <laughs> on the network. On uh, <laughs> the Nintendo network. No, I can only see it being open for. I mean, if this was true, I could see it open for maybe a month because that's all they need. Yes. And then they just lock the demo down and. Absolutely. You wouldn't have it anymore. Except it's, for the, yeah, it's really the year that throws me. Yeah. Because when do you stop collecting data and when do you start applying that information to your game? That's the point when these betas only last for so long. Yeah. That is a really see, long like, time for a beta. Yeah, I can see it locking down after a month. And maybe, just maybe, leaving it open but no longer collecting information as just kind of like, I don't know, a gift or just going, well, we have this workable copy here, have it. But at the same time, though, it doesn't say open beta. It just says network beta. So they could do like a staggered closed beta like they did for things like StarCraft or Diablo. Mm. Perhaps. But those are both PC games, and would the Wii U be able to manage something like that? Well, I mean, the Wii U's going to be able to run Dragon Quest X, which is an online MMO. Yeah. That's so. true. I mean, I would really like to have a demo at E3. I just don't really see it happening. And, oh, man. Sakurai took to heart... He really took to heart the complaints about the single-player game and the online game. And just like, what about the actual game? Is oh, what I'm wondering. I should have done better. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, some of the things here is just like, yeah, those would be good choices if this was a real rumor. Or if this was real. It's a real rumor. If, if this was actual reality, this would be a good move, to be honest. But I just don't see a corporation as big as Nintendo making these steps. Yeah. I can kind of see the deeper single player though with that might have been the whole reason they partnered with the tales the guys with behind the tales series making it more of like an action rpg-esque system so maybe that's why they really joined up with namco and the tales team super smash brothers sticker star (laughs) but even more stickers (laughs) but i don't know i just feel like there's a lot of missed opportunities in brawl that I think they, if they try and keep some of those things around for Smash Wii U, 
I would like to see that. Like, I, I still don't really understand why they wouldn't allow um, Sticker Brawl. No. <laughs> like, I, it, if you have all those stickers, why not allow some sort of fun little Sticker Brawl for, like, build your character's, like, strengths up and just throw them out there? Start with a freaking star rod or something like that. Also, let's bear in mind that this completely ignores the 3DS version of the game, unless they're talking about oh, a, a you know, a beta demo, whatever for 3DS as well. Like this kind of implies Wii U, but um, we know of Wii U and 3DS versions ultimately existing, supposedly. Yeah. Unless I don't know. These these are all fun to think about. We could talk for hours on some of the things like, oh, oh, here's, here's just another one. Uh, EA is working with Playground Games with guidance from Criterion to make an open-world racing franchise in the vein of Diddy Kong Racing as their answer to Activision Skylanders series. Like, there are discussions to have with that, so definitely check out in our show notes and read the whole thing for yourself. You know, some occasional spelling goofs aside. Hmm. Just, just throwing it out there. Rumor-filled gossip. Uh, gaming at the Grammys, Austin Wintory, who uh, composed the soundtrack to Journey, he has been given a nomination for a Grammy. Now, we've had Baba Yetu uh, from Civilization V that won the Grammy for, you know, you know best new song or something like that. Um, but this is an entire video game score. Hmm. Uh, it's up against Dark Knight Rises, Hugo, and Tintin for best original score. And yay games. Yeah. That's huge. Huge. I mean, it is it is a great soundtrack. Um, it is up for contention for our best soundtrack in a game for Show Me Your News Game of the Year. Um, but, wow, that's to have it in there being you know, the first time ever, um, it's a fantastic step. Hopefully, I mean, I like to think that this shows that the everyone, media and things like that, are starting to take games seriously, that they are a real entertainment medium worth praise, and that it's not just something that you can, oh, they're just a bunch of nerds or things like that, so. Mm-hmm. And that, that's really all that has to be said, you know, it's, it's marking a moment in history where something like this happens. And we figured, you know, the, the first two headlines, you know, just so massive, you know, just throw this in here as well. The hilarity of the week this week, the Wii Mini. <laughs> the Winnie. The, 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 the Weenie. <laughs> the Weenie. The Weenie. <laughs> I like that. Now, what's the Wii going for right now? Like one twenty nine ninety nine. I think. Well, it's about to go for a heck of a lot less, and by a heck of a lot less, I mean like thirty bucks. Thirty bucks less, at the very least. Okay, yes, for, we're looking at the first of all, Canada exclusive. I I don't understand why the Canada <laughs> not even exclusive... Canadians deserve that treatment. No, okay. no, Canada is a great place. They don't deserve Wee Mini. No one deserves Wee Mini. It's a stupid idea. It's a very strange one, as it doesn't not it doesn't have Wi-Fi, and doesn't support GameCube games. Now, granted, Wii's of recent haven't been supporting GameCube games for one reason or another, and I can't understand mm. why, because all the software and hardware is right there in the system. That's what the Wii basically was built off of. 
but staring at <laughs> staring at this is just like why why did you really have to cut did you really have to create an entirely new software or hardware take out some of the guts and then just kind of send it out there to Canadians I'm pretty sure I've read that it doesn't even read SD cards yeah it doesn't have an SD slot yeah it doesn't surprise me in the slightest so also no USB port for oh. yeah so cutting off internet entirely um, the design looks cool it's a nice you know black and red combo with the red motion a remote plus and a nunchuck and all that that looks cool but it's for 99.99 so unnecessary in my opinion uh, I think in a lot of people's opinions it doesn't even come with a game if you want to target people like oh just getting into gaming now six years late with the Wii shouldn't you include a game if you think there's there's totally sports yeah if you think they don't know anything about games enough to say now is the time for Wii Mini shouldn't you give them a game in there yeah I, I just think this feels like it was like an intern project. Nintendo just threw a bunch of money at interns and was like, okay, just go make a Wii or something and quit bothering us. So it was like, okay, we'll have this and it'll be this look and we'll just take out all this stuff. And Okay, and there. We can't have it be that big of a bust. Japan, no. North America, or, you know, USA, no. no. Canada, that's the one. Right. This, this will make them feel happy. They get their very own Wii system. If it was Canada only, put a freaking maple leaf on it, okay? Like, <laughs> a, Make it white and minute. red. There you go. Seriously. White and red with that the maple leaf. And they could hold it up and sing, Oh, Canada, our silly wee mini. The weenie. The weenie. The, the weenie. Oh, gosh. Oh, jeez. It, it's just a bad idea all around. Uh, take a look at it for yourself. We've got the link in our show notes. Uh, it's it. The design kind of looks cool, but the complete lack of functionality is just nuts. Mm. This is yeah. like this is simply something that you see someone pick up a bunch of Nintendo Selects games for. Yeah, yeah, but maybe for the redesigned Wii, that's real. In all honesty, really only thirty dollars more with yeah. just in general more way more features compared to this. Uh, anyway, the ability to be hacked and play a lot of things. There you go. <laughs> out recently, we have The Walking Dead episode five completes the pack. Of, they're coming out with the retail release within the week. Um, it won the Spike VGA Game of the Year. It is up for contention for Show Me Your News Game of the Year. The Walking Dead. Um, you know, it's again like right up there with Journey as you know downloadable titles. Really getting the attention of the industry for something that, you know, they're they're changing the game in a way. For sure, I, I'm looking forward to it. I have the collector's uh, bundle reserved with that comes mm. with the big giant comic, so I'm looking oh, yeah. forward to that the next for next week. So mm, for sure, yeah. I'm definitely waiting for a Steam sale. I know it was only like 50% off uh, during the recent uh, Thanksgiving sale. I'm waiting for the holiday sale. See if it dips below 50% off, but I know that is something I'm targeting for my uh, holiday sale expenditures for Steam. 
Uh, Ratchet and Clank Full Frontal Assaults. Could not tell you the first thing about this. Um, Apparently, it follows the storyline after All for One. Hmm. Yeah. Because so All apparently... for One was so well received. Yeah, and that's something that's really kind of confused me, but kind of endears me to the Ratchet and Clank series, is that every game kind of has its purpose for telling the story of Ratchet and Clank. Yeah. Hmm. So, I mean, that's, about, that's about all, all I know about it. I'm looking forward to playing the HD collection. Uh, I know Tony is looking forward to me playing, or looking forward to playing the HD <laughs> collection. Um, but then you have like the future games, and I have you know all for one as part of the you know digital library for PS Plus, uh, and then now this is really flying under the radar. Mm-hmm. Far Cry Three is getting great reviews though. Um, I didn't even realize it was out. I just kept on seeing like. I kept on thinking it was kind of like that Red Red Dead Redemption thing where it was playing on every single YouTube video or every single yeah. thing. That's it's like, is this even out yet? It wasn't even out for another two weeks or something yeah. like that. <laughs> it looks gorgeous, though, um, especially when you know, Ubisoft has kind of taken to uh, fan modding and they're releasing a patch where the PC version, you get the option to turn the heads-up display off. And that's something that you know PC gamers have really been getting into and really enjoying how good the game looks with that off. It is an amazingly pretty game. Like, just the videos I've seen, I'm hoping to get it for Christmas or something, so... Mm. Gorgeous. Yeah, I've got it in the Gamefly queue. Looking forward to that. Uh, Mass Effect Trilogy is one that Tony needs to play. He really needs to play Mass Effect Trilogy. Um, You know, it comes with all the three Mass Effect games, which we talked about, you know, a few weeks ago, a few episodes ago, I mean. Um... Having the first Mass Effect on PS3 is big. Like that's uh, no other way to put it. You had a game that was Microsoft published exclusively, and you know, also on PC. But they had that kind of unlock, and something happened where they broke. I don't know if EA kind of leveraged some power there and said, "Look, we need to make more money, and so we're going to do this." Um, but yeah, Ma- Mass Effect trilogy. If you have not played any of the games, please check it out question is the enhanced in the is the extended dlc built into the trilogy or do you still have to download that mm, um, i think some dlcs included but not all dlc right and i'm thinking for the ps3 version at least that mass effect 3 version comes as it was originally launched so that means that extended yeah. cut will still be have to be downloaded uh but then again extended cuts free so yeah uh, it's just, just a matter of hard drive space yeah um, Uncharted Fight for Fortune. Didn't even know this thing existed. It's a Vita game. Oh, never and mind. And it's a card-playing game. Right. All right. So, moving on. Skyrim Dragonborn came out. Exactly. Uh, Dragonborn, the DLC for Skyrim. Uh, I think you go off the shores of Morrowind or something like that. Mm-hmm. I'm not really sure, but you can ride dragons. Apparently. Yay. Mounts or something. I don't, how, I don't know how that far that goes. You could do free flight dragons, or they just fly you to different places, like the shores of Morrowind. But any idea, Scott? There? Um, not really. I haven't looked too much into Skyborn. Um, I actually haven't gotten any of the Skyrim DLC because on the computer PC version, it's all about mods and right. a lot of this stuff you could already do with mods. And I have the PS3 version, which we we all oh, know oh. doesn't. Yeah. Kind of got hosed in the DLC, but apparently PS3 Scott, might be getting yeah. this version. 
it looks like DLC, so. Dragonborn's coming to PS3 and PC early next year, they said. So hopefully that'll mean the other DLC. I'm not going to hold my breath, but mm-hmm. I think they should do something special for the PS3 owners just for not having the other DLC. But Right. Uh, we've got our story pool with a couple stories here. There is more Mass Effect 3 DLC incoming because Omega wasn't good enough. Uh, Omega was pretty good. You know, Sword Hunter played that. He enjoyed that. And then he finally played Extended Cut and actually had very little problem with it because of what Leviathan did for the story. Huh. So, well, I didn't see a Leviathan, so that... It, it's, it's pretty important. Just, mm. just saying. It's pretty important. That's why it wasn't in the main game. Exactly. <laughs> uh, Sam Hewlett is working on scoring this new DLC uh, for Mass Effect 3. Uh, Seth Green was in the studio. Caden's voice actor was in the studio. Um, they're getting... Uh, they're apparently calling it... Uh, you know, The designer Joe Hendricks from Bioware is calling it an all-hands-on-deck affair. And Sam Hewlett is saying that... Uh, the music he's doing is a bit of a tearjerker. I don't know what is possibly planned, but it's crazy that there is still more DLC for Mass Effect 3 incoming. And actual like story, not just like, oh, here's some multiplayer and we're going to throw a couple, you know, characters your way and whatnot. Yeah. I'll be kind of interested about this DLC, just how it is, because this could possibly be like the first big story content that Bioware releases without the Doctors. Yeah, that's true. Uh, Ray and uh, what's the other guy's name? Yeah, from Bioware, yeah. Because, I mean, I imagine they had some part in Omega and things like that, because that was, I imagine, in production for a while. But if they're just now bringing everybody in and things like that, makes me wonder... If how much, if any, input the doctors really had on this piece of DLC, so should be interesting. Yeah, very interesting indeed. And also, uh, AdSense, the uh, company that partners with YouTube to help bring uh, you know some profits to people who make popular YouTube videos. There was something that happened where a user on YouTube who was you know relatively popular had in overzealous fan who was you know trying to click on the ads multiple times to help out his favorite YouTube producer well AdSense thought this was uh, you know spamming and taking advantage of them so they shut down the service for the YouTube producer without his knowledge of this fan's activity and would not talk to him uh, you know through YouTube Google or otherwise uh, so it's kind of an interesting loophole. It did get an update of the story that, you know, shortly after the story broke, uh, AdSense connected with the guy again, probably to save uh, embarrassment. Just something to throw out there, that it the system can kind of be manipulated like that. Meh. Huh. Meh. Uh, I, I don't think any of us make money on YouTube. So. Oh, no, absolutely not. But I'm I'm just saying that... I did. It's funny. I actually went back to my almost dead YouTube account recently, mm. and uh, I found one of my videos has actually gotten a metric ton of views. Which is that? That would be the old, like, 20-second one, uh, Dat Fancy Sonic. 
It was when I really. It was when Project M just came out, and I was just like, I was dicking around, and I, I found out how to get Sonic to have a uh, Final Destination long homing attack. Hmm. Oh, that's right. Yeah, on. I remember yeah. that. And apparently, it just like without my knowledge, I look back at it after a year, and I'm just like, oh, there's ten thousand views on this. Hmm. What? <laughs> so yeah, I'm just getting like views and views and views a day. Nice. Yeah. I'm just like, I should probably make more. And I realized that my computer, after making that one video, has not been able to <laughs> even open up the video services. So, <laughs> hmm. That's pretty bad. Yeah. Uh, our soapbox, where we talk about a little story that's media-related. You know, give it a few minutes of a rant and whatnot. Just bring it to people's attention. Something very, you know, specific and personal to us. I'm going to talk about Pokemon 3D. And this is a fan-made Pokemon project where he took gold and silver uh, and basically changed the camera to first person. Some ideas are really good ones, and then they're executed uh, brilliantly. This is one that is an idea that had potential, but a couple decisions along the way turned this into a not-so-good-looking idea. And that is... Sure, you take you know Pokemon Gold and Silver and you move the camera to first person. Oh, but you keep the 8-bit graphics. Why? Why would you do that? Why? It it looks awful. Um you can watch the video again. Show notes, we have the link to the article that has the video. Um but Niles Drescher Great idea, but please choose different graphics because when you're moving in, you know, the wild grass and you're, you know, talking to people and you're going around the city, I, I love what you're doing with, you know, oh, this is Cherry Grove City and this is what it looks like and you're entering a Pokemon Center. Oh, cool. But the blending of the first person 3D camera with 8-bit graphics, it's disorienting and difficult to look at. So I'd rather wait for this rumored thing on 3DS with the Pokemon game with all the features like Street Pass and everything. But at least, you know, Pokemon 3D, give it a, a check, you know, give it a watch. Um, and if you really like how it looks, download it. There's like it a really whole strange. battle system and all. Yeah, it's it was weird. Yeah, when the battles turns on and you get this kind of sprite-based, awful representation of the Pokemon Stadium games. Yeah. I'm have I'm just kind of laying back and going. Oh, yeah, I miss the announcers. <laughs> I remember I, I got the audio rip of uh, Pokemon Battle Revolution, including the announcer. So like the different ways he says all the Pokemon, the different ways like oh lands an attack and oh uses Solar Beam. Like I have like all these different files of that. So that makes yeah. me like oh yeah, that is at my discretion, huh? Interesting. Yep, Pokemon 3D. Give it a watch. Unfortunately, um, I do not have a soapbox this week. Um, I had uh, prepared something for what became our second headline. Oh. Yeah. Sorry. (laughs) It's it's fine. Um, I don't have anything prepared, though, so I'm going to leave it up to Scott, who had even less time to prepare than me. (laughs) Thanks, Tony. (laughs) Yeah. um, But I'm sick. It's, It's... that's my excuse. Um, okay. 
I don't know if you guys have watched it yet, but the my big thing, or my I guess my soapbox, is the Star Trek Into Darkness trailer. Oh yeah, that I was released. Amazing. Um, it looks like such a good movie, and you see the um, villain who looks like he's going to be Gary Mitchell or something. Who was I guess in the original show Kirk's best friend or something turned into a psychic god or something like that. Hmm. Um, <clears throat> but like, I'm a huge fan. I love the first uh, movie, and just when I saw the poster, very Dark Knight esque, but very awesome. And then with the trailer this week, it was just like, oh, so good. Hmm. Um, and I guess if you watch the Japanese version of the trailer, you get a uh, huge nod, perhaps, yeah, like a huge nod to a big scene that happened in the original Star Trek movie, the second one, the second Star Trek movie with Shatner and all them. Oh, yeah. So I would check those out if you enjoyed... Um, if you enjoyed the uh, Star Trek reboot movie, I would definitely say check out the uh, new trailer. Plus, uh, Yoko, it looks like the Forum 30 is going to have the first nine minutes attached to the Hobbit IMAX movie. Well, there you go. Our theater. I has... just wish I just wish I were more interested in watching the Hobbit. Yeah, I'm still kind of mad that it's three movies, but although uh, the you know the film geek in me is very interested to see because uh, Peter Jackson made the choice that now that you know, film is becoming more digital and all that. Um, he's going to shoot in 48 frames per second, which is double the standard 24. And he's, you know, believes, and I would agree with him, that was is going to help with the 3D, the IMAX, and all that, because the more frames per second, the less, you know, painful it's going to be on the eyes with, you know, some of the, the jaggies uh, from, you know, the frame rate issues when it's going to 3D. Uh, it's going to be very interesting to see how that turns out. You know, you do have some purists who are saying, oh, well, I like my film at 24 frames per second because that's how film is supposed to look and it's suspension of disbelief and blah, blah, blah. And when you up that frame rate, it looks more like video. And then it's not film and et cetera. I'm, whatever makes for the best viewing experience for whatever the director wants to achieve, have at it. So that's going to be interesting to see with The Hobbit for sure. Kind of There's even design. talk that the I, new <coughs> X-Men movie is going to be filmed with the 48. Yes, yes, oh, that's true. Yeah. yeah, and, you know, I keep on hearing from, like, Europeans mostly. It's like, why do you Americans have it at 24 frames per second? Don't you know we can go higher than that? Mm-hmm. I just, I just keep on hearing like, a lot of people just complaining about how we always shoot our movies at 24 <laughs> frames per second. We're stubborn. Mm-hmm. We do, like, our, our ways, our Fahrenheit. Tradition. Tradition. <laughs> uh, for the thought this week, didn't really have much of one. Uh, I don't know if Super, if you wanted to talk about what we have, what we're planning in the future. We you know, hope to have uh, this, you know, a couple weeks ago. But you know, talks that we're having, at least you know, as a scoop for uh, sminges in our community. Um, <clears throat> are we talking about the thing that I kind of talk about? Yeah, if if you want to talk about it. All right. Well. You see, we had a show about a year ago where, uh, well, kind of like today, my one of our co-hosts bailed on me, but uh, <laughs> I think you might remember it as the uh, Project M show. It was for a demo 2.0, I believe. Well, 2.5 is coming out, 
and we have extended uh, an invitation to the Project M guys, and they have responded in kind. So probably around next week, or at least in the very coming weeks, you'll be seeing another Project M show from us. Um, this one will be much more centered around Project M, uh, speaking strictly about te- Demo 2.1, what it, me- what it meant, uh, tournaments, upcoming tournaments that the uh, community that Project M is having, and of course, during our normal soapbox segment, we are actually going to be focusing strictly on Demo 2.5, and there might might be something a little extra there for people who's who's in at the live stream. Hmm. Very very interesting. Oh, oh, oh. Um, I think we're going to make this one a special. Uh, you know, Show Me News Network presents. Uh, hopefully we <clears throat> get some Show Me News Network stuff. I have to figure out from Buzz how to edit the main site. And it's really, that's all that has to be done before we launch officially, you know, granted in a, in a basic state uh, with more improvements still to come. Uh, but we'll be, we'll be doing that. That'll be very exciting. And then episode 125, our next number one, will be off for Show Me Your News until the Game of the Year Awards because 125, it's a nice... Even round, not even even number. But it's not like, even or round. Neither <laughs> of these odd, things. peculiar number, but it, it makes it you know one twenty five. It's it's a good number for you know big show like the Game of the Year awards. Uh, it's going to be a lot of work on all of our parts to get that pulled together, but you know that's fair. And then we'll have a what are you playing uh, somewhere in there because we're doing those monthly now. Um. So wow, you know, good stuff coming up for the Show Me News Network. Sounds like it. Looking forward to it. Mm-hmm. It's exciting. Yay. So cool. I, and it'll be really great to hear from those Project M guys again, uh, because I did not necessarily bail on you last time. I had said that I could not make it, and I was not sleeping through the show. <laughs> but no, I'm looking actually for... a, jab, a jab towards Tony. Oh. For bailing me on me for mid, midway through the show. Oh, he did midway through the show. That's right. I thought that was more at me. Well, anyway, I'm I'm looking forward to talking to those guys again. And 2.5 is doing some really cool things. They just recently announced their uh, crew battle setting, where you can you know flip it on and you actually can properly operate a crew battle without playing the whole game of well I have to kill myself this many times and to start at this amount of stocks. Um, it's going to be great. Yeah, and you don't have to worry about placement or anything like that. Excellent, excellent. Well, solid Snake120, Scott, thank you so much for helping us out on the show here. I know no it was, problem. And it was very last minute. Um, but... <laughs> it was the literal last minute. Hey, yeah. get on the show. We, All right, we, you're here. We needed, we needed someone who watched the VGAs and could you know, chime yeah. in with talk like that. So did a great job. Thank you no so problem. much. No problem. No problem. Happy to do it. Happy to do Remember, it, guys, Spinches, so. It pays off to be up early. And 11 in the morning. 11 o'clock. Uh, so uh, early. So uh, early. On a Saturday, who does that stuff? That's, that's crazy. <laughs> well, with that, I am Yoko. I'm Super. And I'm Solid Snake 120. And we're out. Thank you for listening. See ya. Oh, jeez.
rebranding G4 into a more upscale, sophisticated guy TV space. And it can only go downhill if you think about it. Yeah, it's like, so you're turning from G4, the what used to be G4 Tech TV, which used to be Tech TV, into softcore porn tele- television channel. Yeah, for metrosexuals. For met- yes, the metrosexual topless softcore porn channel. Bow, bow, bow. You don't have to pay so much for it. That's what it says on the IGN link. The idea is to create programming that will, in quotes, that will appeal to the, in quote, this is in quotes, untapped metrosexual viewership. <laughs> oh, jeez. Oh, gosh. Because that series is over. Because uh, metrosexuals are so much better than gamers. <laughs> or nerds. <sighs> Apparently we're, we were tapped. The gamer chat. The gamers were tapped, but now I've asked for back to untapped. There's a tap that joke somewhere in there. Somewhere. Well, with P- Mila Kunis uh, topless right there. Exactly. 